free. Yeah, but it, I think it's appropriate to play gullible for this book. All right. You want you want to actually talk about the book? <laughs> Do we have to? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right, let's get this over with. So, welcome to the Bowie Book Club. I'm Christiane. And I'm Greg. And we've had a book club for like 10 years. About, yeah, 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 about so. And uh, we read some books, but sometimes we just drank and gossiped. Yeah, most of the times you just drank and gossiped. But at the sad passing of David Bowie at the beginning of this year, we got our act together. And we decided to read through David Bowie's 100 most influential books in no sensible order. I would call it a nonsensical order. Mostly. And uh, make wild speculation about what the books meant to Bowie. Absolutely, absolutely ridiculous speculations. <laughs> Having nothing to do with the book or David Bowie for the most part. But you know, they're, yeah. they're um, inventive. That's generous. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's giving us a little bit more credit than we deserve. Yeah. yeah. So uh, this month we have what book? Oh, this, this is so exciting to me because this book has meant just a tremendous amount to me since I first picked it up in fifth grade. I swear to God, I huh. read it. It's precocious. I got it out from the library uh-huh. every week for a year. I swear to God. Huh. And I just, I couldn't stop reading it. And when the movie came out, I was just so excited. So I'm, I'm really excited wait, that we're going to talk wait. about The Outsiders. Wait, 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 wait. What? The movie? Wait, what? Yeah. The, the Outsiders. It had uh, uh, Matt Dillon, uh, uh, Charlie Sheen, uh, C. Thomas Howell, mm-hmm. Ralph Macchio. And uh, Ralph Macchio played Nietzsche? No, he he played Johnny. You know, we got to do it for Johnny. <laughs> so, right? Matt so, Dillon, you remember? So, Greg, what book did you read? I read The Outsiders by S.E. Hinton. Oh, okay. <laughs> so the book that's on David Bowie's list is The Outsider by Colin Wilson. Ah, shit. <laughs> I bet you had a lot more fun than I did. Well... I okay. I, I have read The Outsider by Colin Wilson recently. <laughs> um, not, in no connection at all. I just happened to have it lying around and read it. And yeah, I, I was happier re- rereading The Outsiders. Yeah, I was happier with The Outsiders yeah. as well. I think it would have been a better pick on the list. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's David Bowie, so we can't totally fault him. You know, we and and we probably should give the book its due. Yeah. And I, I shouldn't pick it uh, and read random passages from The Outsiders. <laughs> Stay or, cold, pony boy. <laughs> or my favorite part of the movie is the Tom Waits cameo. I wish he, I knew about that. It was that. just like two seconds where he oh. was just like, what do you boys want? And that's all I got. <laughs> ah, man, it was so good. Tom. Yeah. All right, let's get to the book. So The Outsider by Colin Wilson. We're doing this for you, the listening audience. <laughs> Um, it's, uh, it's sort of a, there's actually a great generous, uh, summary of the book, um, from an obituary in the guardian when, uh, Colin Wilson died in 2013. And, um, they say, uh, or I guess it was. Oh, you got to cut this out. I'm, uh, <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll fill with 
<laughs> with segments from the outsiders until you figure it out. <laughs> it was it was actually um it wasn't an obituary yet. When I stepped in, out into the bright sunlight from the darkness in the movie house, I had only two things on my mind, Paul Newman and a ride home. Are you ready? <laughs> okay, so he wasn't dead yet. But Terry Eagleton wrote a piece about uh, Colin Wilson in The Guardian. and um, Titled Not Dead Yet. <laughs> not oh, Dead Yet, so but strong. give it time. <laughs> um who said, uh, Colin Wilson's glumness entranced me as a budding teenage existentialist. <laughs> I know, that should be the title of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> budding gloominess. He was very generous to say, quote, the book was one of the first fruits of a genre of pop philosophy, which I think is a very accurate description of this book. Yeah, we kept coming back to like, oh, it's that Malcolm Gladwell shit, you know? Yeah, some kind of like overreaching, like I have this harebrained idea and I'm going to find a bunch of stuff that supports it, even though it feels like there's no real point that you can grasp and or too easy a point that you're wondering how the things have any other connection. But this one guy read all these books and he's like, Hey, I like these books. Here's some things that tie them together. And I think, I think the other like um, interesting quote about it is why Bowie liked it. I, I and I, I think, like, if we put the two together, we we end up with the the sort of thread of like what like what this book is essentially. Right, the glum teenage existentialist. Because because Bowie said in an interview with Burroughs, I just put this out on Twitter today. Um, quote: I was into a kind of heavy philosophy thing when I was sixteen years old. <laughs> that just reeks of Nag Champa. <laughs> I wanted a truism about cutting through the lies and all that. And, and that, that's exactly what this book provides. It's like, like it puts together, like there's interesting authors and, and sort of like maybe books that are canon now that weren't canon then. Um, and, auth and authors like Dostoevsky and Herman Hesse and stuff that are like really great for that sort of post adolescent, post adolescent mind. Mm -hmm. um, that sounds yeah. wonderful, but super moody. Like, not just authors. He also talks about um, some painters. He talked, well, I guess just yeah, the one like, painter. Yeah, Van Gogh. Just yeah, Van Gogh. Yeah. And, but Nijinsky also, the, the ballet dancer in yeah. Russia. Um, and some religious leaders, George Fox. Um, right, yeah, yeah. Who, I guess, have writings but aren't known primarily as writers. Right, and then some of the more occult sort of writers like I'm I'm gonna mangle this Gertie Jeff <laughs> that that's I'm gonna go his name is Gertie Jeff he plays a hurdy gertie his name is Jeff <laughs> I'm sure that's totally wrong <laughs> and someone right now is casting a hex on me <laughs> let's go with Gertie Jeff <laughs> yeah but but he kind of strings all these things together in service of like him being a genius essentially like none of the pieces are bad but no, they're his all premise is entirely like I, like, I know what's up. What is his premise? His premise is that he's a genius. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty And he's the only one who can really tie all this together when it's just like, yeah, dude, we get it. Because I feel like there would be a chapter. So he, he just gives descriptions of different authors and their work and says, and you see, an outsider. <laughs> Oh, Turn. look, another one. Oh, and I found him. I know. <laughs> yeah, look, he's in this group too. That's my outsider. And so... It, 
And it does it does have that sort of adolescent like because I'm really into the psychedelic furs and you're not I, I'm I'm part of this arcane knowledge. And it's like a freshman will link term to the paper show notes where like, it, oh, I forgot what my point was again. Oh, yeah, because I'm making this point about what an outsider feels or yeah, thinks yeah. or I'm solving the problem of the outsider. I I never got and, what and, the point and was. And I think, it, like Bowie said, it, it, it does try to be sort of like an airtight system. It and, says it is. He, he says right, it is. Right. Wilson does. And, and And like we when we talked about the books a couple of weeks ago, we were like, this leaves out a lot. Like it leaves out. Yeah. Um, I think I wrote, what is the point five or six times on a single small page? <laughs> and, and after a while, you just kept digging the pen into the paper <laughs> and you're pushing through to the other side of it. And I had to buy you a drink just to get you to stop. Is Wilson cocking a snook at us? Which is, he does use some great little Britishisms. Yeah, what was it? Like the thing about William Blake, like all women are foot pads. <laughs> Yeah, so so that was I can give some I can give him some credit for like he's dealing with he he was a class outsider I guess yeah like his his father was born in a coal mine or he was born in a coal mine his father was like a coal shovel <laughs> <laughs> and his mother was was like twelve dish towels tied together <laughs> it was very complicated a very difficult childhood. <laughs> But he had it hard. He had it hard in his youth, I guess. And it, and really romanticized the idea that he wrote this book while, you know, living his days in the public library, doing all his heavy research, and then sleeping rough on the heath in his sleeping bag right. um, so he didn't have to pay for rent because he couldn't afford it because he was just reading philosophy books all day. Um, and yeah, there's some enjoyable yeah. anecdotes. There's some enjoyable more walk, power to them. Yeah, walks back through some books that I enjoyed and some books I didn't enjoy very much. Um, but, but the the focus is so much on his struggle to, you know, to or or uh, the focus is so much on him. Yeah. So even even though to classify himself as an outsider, right. really, I think that it comes and. It's, and and that passage about Blake, I think, really does make me... It's like at the very end of the book, almost the last chapter. So we've gone through almost 300 pages before he even mentions, like, hey, there's women, too. <laughs> like, literally no mention of women. Like, I mean, maybe they're there as, like... It's, it's, he talks about, like, Wagner's wife. And right, how Nietzsche fell in love with her, and, yeah. then, and then there was that great like Nietzsche's last letter to her was basically like, <laughs> "You're an armadillo, love Zeus," or something like that. And he talks about like women that other men fell in love with that tormented them, etc. But never women as they, they weren't in the forefront. Yeah, and yeah. they weren't outsiders. But um, he, the first time he actually mentions women is in this very negative context in Europe. He uses women as a symbol of imprisonment for the female temperament is literal, practical, down to earth. Um, and he says that, yes, most women writers that I know bear out Blake's verdict. It was always, it always seemed to me that one of the great omissions from the world's literature is a female portrait of the artist, a sole history of the sensitive woman. Like like Virginia Woolf just didn't exist at that point. Right, or Simone de Beauvoir. Yeah, like, yeah. He just, he's chosen who he wants to read, and those are the only people that, that exist. 
And everything backs up his point. Mm-hmm. Like, and then he speaks very conclusively about like, I, I'm having this completely closed system. This I, now I can make these grand um, claims and just ignore anything else that exists. Right. And the, and the other thing that we kept coming back to is like, um, like Richard Wright wrote another book called The Outsider, like right. right around the same time. The year before he wrote, so he was living in Paris as an expat from the United States. And in 1953, Richard Wright wrote The Outsider about a black man who is an outsider in his society. And it's an existentialist romp as well. Where <laughs> you make that sound so jaunty. <laughs> it's not a jaunty book. <laughs> no, it was, it was actually criticized for being so dark um, that he's, he's troubled because he's an outsider because he's a black man and he's also thinks too much, which makes him a double outsider. Um, and so he murders some people in that kind of like Camus, L'Etranger, yeah. like, well, maybe I just we, can and not have consequences. And, and Camus makes it into the book, but Richard Wright doesn't. Yeah. Which is, or Dostoevsky writes, you know, Crime and Punishment, like, maybe I can just kill people and I can be beyond it because I'm a thinker. So Richard Wright kind of writes that as well. Yeah. Dostoevsky and Camus make it in. Richard Wright doesn't even though he's contemporary writing about the condition of the outsider as an actual outsider. Right. As a societal outsider, not, not just an economic or class outsider. And I mean, to some extent, like maybe, maybe we wouldn't heard have heard of this book. It wouldn't have gotten the critical reception that it does, that it received, which is something that he bitches about in the postscript of like, Oh God, it was horrible that I was lumped in with the angry young men and got, got all this. so much attention. Oh, God, it was it's terrible. awful. Just leave me to my garret. Uh. Morrissey. <laughs> yeah. Basically his book was written by Morrissey, <laughs> but he's, he's, he's complaining about his success. But if he had talked about Richard Wright and Virginia Woolf and the other sort of like non-canon writers, maybe we wouldn't have heard of this book. Maybe Bowie wouldn't have seen this book. And and we would have been reading The Outsiders. God, I wish we were reading The Outsiders. <laughs> yeah, he, so, he definitely kept to the canon so that he could be accepted. Yeah, yeah. He, Even though he, he stridently said that he, he didn't care about that. He said it. Uh, and I bet he wore a lot of really beautiful eyeliner, too. Oh, God, yeah. His hair. <laughs> Impeccable. <laughs> Powdered white face. <laughs> I thought you were going to say powdered wig. Oh. <laughs> okay, let's... We we got to go positive for at least a, a little bit. Like uh, This book made me want to read some of the authors again. Like I haven't read T.E. Lawrence, so that's not an interesting... Oh, yeah, so T.E. Like, e. Lawrence was in there. I want to actually finish the Brothers Karamazov now. Yeah, I liked reading bits about Dostoevsky again because it's been a while... We read The Idiot in um, book club oh, yeah, pre-Bowie. Yeah, yeah, like a uh, year before last, I think. Mm-hmm. That was, was great. really enjoyable. Yeah, that was really good. So yeah, I had a fondness again for Dostoevsky. And I remembered, I mean, I was this kid. I was yeah. this Colin Wilson kid. I filled my notebook when I was in high school with quotes from Nietzsche. I just thought I was the smartest thing. Yep. Yep. It's because, and because I know about it and you don't, that makes me special. Yeah. Like I've tapped into some great truth or what was the quote? 
uh, Bowie said to Burroughs, I wanted a truism about cutting through the lies and all that. <laughs> yep. And, and true words are never spoken from an adolescent. Yeah. So once again, Bowie channels the spirit of the teenager. And I think that this book makes a lot of sense for that audience, for that like teen angst. Um, but the teen angst that, I mean, Colin Wilson spends a lot of time talking about like the only people, I mean, kind of like those chapters from Nietzsche, like why I am so wise, why I write such good books. Like <laughs> Why I think I am Zeus and you are an armadillo. <laughs> yes. This is kind of By Colin Freddy Wilson's Nietzsche. will to power. Um, he, at one point, uh, Wilson says, the same goes for the outsider. If you are living a very ordinary, dull life at low pressure, you can safely regard the outsider as a crank who does not deserve serious consideration. But if you are interested in man in extreme states or in man abnormally preoccupied by questions about the nature of life, then whatever answer the outsider may propound should be worth your respectful attention. And, and, well, we must give him our respectful attention. And we did. And now we're done with it. <laughs> now can we talk about The Outsider? <laughs> can we talk about Batman and The Outsiders? That great comic book oh, from like yeah. the 80s? There was so many. Doing just like a quick outsider search, these are the first things that Google gave me. Ooh, cool. Top of the list was The Outsider, a movie, 2002, about Montana sheep farmers and Quakers who take in a gunshot guy. Whoa, who was in it? Uh, uh, I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> then there was also The Outsider, story by H.P. Lovecraft, um, published in 1926, about um, zombies. Yeah, it sounds about right for H.P. Yep. Old, old yep. Hewlett Packard Lovecraft. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was also The Outsider... A new film coming out next year with Jared Leto. Leto? Leto? Uh, Jared? Lettuce. JL? Leto. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> old about JL. a post-World War II GI who goes to Japan and joins the Yakuza. As you do, mm -hmm. I guess. And uh, I'd like to, to uh, just say one more time, The Outsiders by... Uh, Southeast Hinton. <laughs> that didn't show up when I was just searching The Outsider. Unfortunately, Aww. that didn't come up. Um, the last thing that came up was The Outsider, a rooftop bar in uh, Milwaukee. All right. So shout out to Milwaukee. Um, <laughs> shout out to my cat, Soda Pop. <laughs> Named after one of the characters in The Outsiders. By Southeast Hinton. By Southeast Hinton. <laughs> Ah, um, oh, damn it. I didn't get to use my joke. Okay. <laughs> so uh, let's let's rewind real quick back to how there's no women in the out and the outside. Do you want to set me up? Okay. Um, the first time he mentions women in the book, The Outsider, it's like almost at the end of the book. I know. Like he's never heard of like rebel women, like a, a Ms. Jonathan Jett. Damn it. I totally blew that. Sorry, sorry guys. When did Joan Jett... When was... When Her, was she it? was born Jonathan Jett. <laughs> she shortened it to Joan for the stage, okay? Named, named after Jonathan Ark. <laughs> yes, uh, Jonathan... Jonathan Dark. Jonathan Dark. <laughs> okay, on, on that note, I think, I think we should wrap things up. Um... 
for our song, we let Chance pick because... Um, that's what we've done with the book so that's far. That's what we do, Bibliomancy yeah. Rules. Yep. Um, so from this gigantic book that was sent to me in the mail, The Complete David Bowie by Nicholas Pegg. We, we are not kidding. The complete, no, it's, it's giant. It's comprehensive description of the songs from A to Z or um, the albums or live performances. You can, you can, you can the hear videos, the riffling. Actually, drop the book on the ground. Stage and screen. How about on the table? Okay, yeah. Serious, right? <laughs> like that actually, like the, the mics are in the red from that. That's crazy. A tome. It is. So we opened at random and picked, and what, lo and behold, should we pick but... Dun, 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 all the Young Dudes. Mm-hmm, which was perfect. Uh, uh, a song that Bowie wrote for uh, Mott the Hoople. Yeah. He shopped it out to them and made them stars. Yep. Um, and then he recorded it a couple times as well, not too as great a claim yeah it sounded like the the version it was sort of like first thought best thought like the mm-hmm. first version turned out to be the best i think we're going to try to get the version that he sang over their instrumental oh right and if we can't ricky gervais um move uh made a movie 2010 cemetery junction code he uh he said he preferred this recording to the mott version because bowie's vocals gives the song the more of an outsider feel. See, there we go. It, mm-hmm. We got to get that one. Uh, I'll just throw as many as I can in the show notes. <laughs> but uh, the one that we'll play over this, hopefully will be the the uh, the Bowie over the Mott the Hoople instrumental because people care about that stuff, or at least we do, right? I mean... Well, we've got this giant yeah, tome to reference. I mean, um, and speaking of bibliomancy... Time has come. Yes. In which we are going to be picking the next year's uh, selection of 12 books from the 100 books list. Does this make this episode a holiday episode? In a way, we have next next month we st- we already have picked. It was, ra- I mean, the way that we picked the books, we're sitting in the last drop yep. bottle shop in my neighborhood, and we just saw numbers in the space. And the, use the adjacent numbers from the list. It's a really complicated algorithm. And those, and I mean, like, count how many people are sitting at the bar. Ten. Number ten. Ah, 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 ah. We later sold this algorithm to Google <laughs> and made $17. <laughs> so sorry about those searches that you get and that you don't get. <laughs> um, so we're going to choose the next uh, 12 in that way. The last that we picked... Um, in this this year Series, was I um, As I Lay Dying by William Faulkner. So that's our January book. Yep. And uh, hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll have that out by the end of January. Um, but we'll be choosing new books and we might be enlisting your help on our Facebook page and uh, figuring out like what we're going to read and when. Mm-hmm. Um, so the sensible order, the nonsensical. Yeah, order. Yeah, so you have to help us keep it nonsensical, <laughs> um, but maybe a little more orderly than this year. That's what we're hoping. So we'll pick a list and maybe bring it and for for shuffle. Yeah, and then you'll help us shuffle it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and we'd love your comments and feedback on the Facebook page, which is where is it? <laughs> God, every time. Yeah. <laughs> Boy Book Club. 
Oh, oh, right. Okay, Facebook.com slash Bowie Book Club. And then if that's Twitter. wrong, I'll dub it in in a robot voice. <laughs> Facebook.com slash Bowie Book Club. And then Twitter is uh, Bowie Book Pod. Bowie Book Pod. And then the website is BowieBookClub.com. Yep. And uh, Tumblr's? Oh, yeah. I haven't been updating Oh, that. yeah. Okay. Forget the Tumblr's. <laughs> Now it's owned by, I think, uh, Comcast, Verizon. Who owns Tumblr Did they now? take that? I lose track. Uh, never mind. But the uh, best place is Facebook, Twitter. Twitter. Um, and the website. And the website. And always welcoming iTunes reviews. It, that, that would be so great. Oh, it would be so great. It would be, the, the, it would be a Christmas miracle. <laughs> and uh, if, if you want to listen to music that is nowhere near... Anywhere near uh, Mott the Hoople, uh, you can listen to my other podcast, uh, Too Tired to Say Anything.com, where I make music to make myself fall asleep. And I listen to On Rainy Mornings. And that, yeah, that's pretty much it. It's, yeah, it's basically like uh, The Outsider um, <laughs> in musical form. Oh, I'm so mopey. Oh. <laughs> um, also, holiday ish celebrations david bowie's birthday will be occurring between now and the next time we yeah. meet so let us know how you're celebrating i am planning on attending the <laughs> labyrinth quote along um for sif cinema seattle international film festival they're having on david bowie's birthday january 8th labyrinth quote along so it'll be a ruckus good time of dancing with jareth <laughs> And, oh, and I'll be doing exactly what I did the first time I heard David Bowie. I'll be listening to Ziggy Stardust in my childhood bedroom because I'm visiting my parents. <laughs> Mom, Dad, leave me alone. Come on, it's not that loud. <laughs> like my dad's not going, hey, turn down that David Bowie. <laughs> my dad totally doesn't talk like that. <laughs> I think they listen to this. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, yeah, let us know what you're up to over the holiday season. Uh, the holiday season meaning Dave Boy's birthday. Exactly what I mean. <laughs> so, happy holidays. <laughs> and we're looking forward to seeing you in January and then throughout the new year. Happy New Until then, I've been Christian. And I've been Greg. This has been Boy Yay! That wasn't totally broken. <laughs> what did I forget? I probably forgot a lot. Oh, I didn't read his whole list of, of titles. Oh, shit. Okay, okay. That's going to be in the, the after part. Okay. So. <laughs> um, or, or right now. <laughs> okay. So. The Outsider was Colin Wilson's most famous book, of course. Um, but he had had these other books as well. Including the schoolgirl murder case, 
The Space Vampires. <laughs> and The Sex Diary of a Metaphysician. <laughs> Two volumes of memoir, Voyage to a Beginning and Dreaming to Some Purpose. And the nonfiction works, Rasputin and the Fall of the Romanovs. A criminal, criminal, criminal History of Mankind. Oh, that's pretty dope. Beyond the Occult. Alien Dawn, an investigation into the contact experience. And finally, The Misfits, a study of sexual outsiders. I swear to God. <laughs> I swear to God, I've seen these books in bus stops like all around America. <laughs> he was kind of a loony bin. I love yeah. this. He says, um, Colin Wilson says, I suspect I am probably the greatest writer of the 20th century. <laughs> He told the British newspaper, The Guardian, in 2006, in 500 years' time, they'll say, Wilson was a genius because I'm turning point in the intellectual history. And, and even more than that, um, he was a prophet, he felt. Well, you can't argue with that. <laughs> and, or, or I'm just tired of thinking about him. <laughs> he must live on longer than anyone else has ever lived, to, quote, eventually become Plato's ideal sage and king. I wonder if he actually thought that with his super occult, like, drinking the blood of chickens or whatever, that he would, like... That doesn't happen. What? That's not a real thing? <laughs> Sorry. These movies have lied to me. <laughs> okay, I'm going to turn off the recording now. Okay.